0: Before I get to my next guest, Bob Estes, I want to remind you about a couple more of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Two Under. Two Under Men's Performance Briefs have just released their new Spring and Summer 22 collections, with fun, new, and exciting prints like the Freedom 2 and 3, Santa Fe, Tigers, Zebras, and Duckies, and their new exclusive Folds of Honor collection, where they donate 20% of all Folds of Honor sales proceeds to that cause. UNDR.com. Two Under, performance in your pants. Use code NEXTT20, that's N-X-T-T-E-E-20, for a 20% discount on the Two Under website. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. We deal with a lot on the golf course, whether you're teeing off in front of a crowd, hitting a four iron after a rain delay, trying to figure out wind direction, or second guessing club selection. It's easy for your mind to race. That's exactly what drove Golf Pride to create the all-new CPX. It's made with a unique EXO diamond quilted pattern, reducing vibration in your hands on every shot. The EX diamond quilted pattern really helps your hands sink into the club on every shot, giving you maximum comfort, because when your hands are comfortable, you're comfortable. CPX is available now on GolfPride.com or at your local retailer. Okay, now back and next on the tee with me is Champions Tour Pro Bob Estes. Let me remind you about Bob's background. He's from Graham, Texas. In 1983, Bob won the Texas State High School Championship. Played his college golf at the University of Texas from 1984 to 1988, where he was a three-time All-American and a four-time All-Southwest Conference selection. He helped the Longhorns win three tournaments in the 1986-87 season and three more times in the 87-88 season. Bob won individual medalist honors six times while at Texas. He won the 1988 Haskins Award, which is presented annually to the most outstanding collegiate golfer in the nation. That year, Bob won the Texas State Amateur as well, and the Jack Nicklaus Award for being the College Player of the Year. In 1999, Bob was inducted into the University of Texas Hall of Honor. He joined the PGA Tour in 1989 and was named Rookie of the Year by Golf Magazine. He earned his first tour win at the 1994 Texas Open, going wire to wire, thanks in part to an opening round 62. Bob won four times on the PGA Tour. In addition to the Texas Open, he won the 2001 Invinces Classic in Las Vegas, the 2001 FedEx St. Jude Classic, and the 2002 Kemper Open. Over the course of his career, on top of those four wins, he has 12 runner-up finishes, Nine third-place finishes, 107 top 10s, and 240 top 25s. He's now playing out on the Champions Tour, and I'm very excited he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Bob, thanks for coming back on the show.
1: Hey, Chris. Yeah, glad to be back.
0: Bob, I want to start by going back to when you were very young, because I read you started playing golf at the age of four, and by the time you were 12, you decided you wanted to be a pro golfer. How'd you know at such a young age?
1: Well, I'd been playing tournaments and having success from a young age. And so, you know, in watching the PGA Tour on television, um, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. I was playing all the other sports up to that point as well, but, um, but I knew that, that golf is what I was going to pursue.
0: Talk about the other sports that you played, and because you were such a well-rounded athlete, do you think that helped you become such a good golfer?
1: Oh, I think it helped for sure, especially playing basketball through high school um we had a a new coach um my sophomore year of high school, and he was really tough and he was in there to lay down the law and make sure that you knew who was boss and he was he was a great coach and you know and he was you know really friendly um after practice but the practices were tough, and I learned all about hard work um, playing high school basketball.
0: Let's fast forward to your college days. And like I mentioned in your intro, you were a medalist six times at the University of Texas. You were named the College Player of the Year. Talk about your college days at UT.
1: Well, it's where I always wanted to go. My dad went to Texas. I had a cousin who pole vaulted at Texas for a little while before he transferred, um, we were playing the state um high school tournament um each year in Austin and so I just, you know, fell in love with Austin as well as you know, just kinda of always having that um U T influence, especially from my dad, like I mentioned. And so um yeah, it was a great four years. Um, you know, I, I wish we would have done better as a as a team and I still could have done better as an individual as well, but um yeah, I, I, you know, when I first went there, I, I, I was hoping that we would, you know, win conference championships, NCAA championships, but, uh, it didn't happen, but, uh, still had a, a really good golf coach, Jimmy Clayton, that got me prepared, um, to play the, the PGA tour. So I'm still very thankful for him, you know, bringing me to Texas.
0: Texas has such a rich history in golf. So many great players have come through there. Guys like Ben Crenshaw, Tom Kite, Brandel Shambly, Jordan Spieth nowadays, Scotty Scheffler, another recent great player, to name just a few of all the great ones that have come through there. Talk about the great players that have come through that program.
1: It is amazing. Um, you know, a lot of those players that you mentioned, of course, and there's many others, um, uh, you know, with Scotty Scheffler doing so well recently, and I I'm not sure if you mentioned, you know, Jordan Speeth or not, of course, but um, you know, everybody's enjoying watching him play as well. So yeah, we've had that, um, tradition for a long time. Um, there's always been really good players coming through. The team hasn't always done as well, you know, we had hoped, but, um, um, yeah, just, you know, more, more great players. The, the, the Cootie brothers, uh, you know, just graduated and they both won in the last couple of months. Cole Hammer, I'm sure, uh, is going to make his mark in the game as well. And then um, Travis Vick and Mason Nome, um, you know, that are still in school and have a couple years left, I believe. Um, It'll be fun to see how they progress as well.
0: You get inducted into the Longhorns Hall of Honor in 1999. What was that like for you? What was that moment like? to be able to stand up in front of your alma mater and get enshrined into their hall of honor.
1: Well, that was a long time ago, but um yeah, it was very special. Um yeah, having, you know, won the the Haskins Award and the Jack Nichols Award my senior year um and uh, being a a two-time first team all-American those last two years. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I, I had an idea that I would get inducted at some point, but um yeah, it was still a um yeah it was it, it's it's something that i do um you know value quite highly you know just like winning those awards um, that allowed me to get inducted into the Longhorn Hall of honor so yeah that, that's something i'm very proud of
0: Bob I'm surprised that you already aren't in the state of Texas Golf Hall of Fame because of your success there at u t all the things that you've achieved so far in your pro career, and when I see some of your contemporaries like Billy Ray Brown, Chad Campbell, Steve Elkington, Jeff Maggard, and Blaine McAllister in, I have to believe it's only a matter of time before you join them. Do you expect to be there one day?
1: Well, somebody has to nominate you first, and I was nominated, um, I think, for the first time last year, but it's interesting how they do it, because they have it divided up. Um, They have your, you know it an amateur category and they have a professional category in addition to the other two, you know, including, you know, a legacy club, you know, where I'm not for sure. I just went blank on the fourth one. But anyway, they they divide up um that they separate your professional career from your amateur career. And, you know, I've had a had a solid amateur career and a pretty solid professional career. So if you combine them, um, you know, you would think that I would probably be in there. But I think it just has to do with um, what the, the nominating criteria are. So um, I'm not too worried about it, but maybe someday.
0: Let's switch gears and talk about this season that you've had out on the Champions Tour. A really good one. You had a top 15 at the Color Guard Classic with a nice final round 65. A fourth place finish at the Rapsican Systems Classic with a second round, 64. He had the share of the lead in the opening round in the senior PGA championship with another great round of 64. How do you feel about how things have gone so far in 22?
1: Well, I have shot some low scores, like you mentioned, and I had that one chance to win um, in Mississippi when I ended up finishing fourth. But um, Stephen Alker just um, blitzed us on the, the back nine and ran off and left us. Um, it's been a pretty rough year for the, for the most part, for different reasons. Um, you know, mainly I just haven't played well enough. I needed to to hit it better at times. And of course, other times I needed to putt better. Um, I, I did, uh, I've missed, um, tournaments for different reasons. Um, I did lose my father back in July. I was overseas at the open championship. You know, he'd been struggling for a while and I was a little bit hesitant to go. But I knew that um I might have to get on the plane and, and hustle back home, you know, at any moment. I was definitely planning on going back home to Abilene um right after I got back home from the open championship or the, the senior open at Glen Eagles. But um when I got up on Thursday morning, um I received um a text from my mom saying that my dad had taken a turn for the worse and it was it was probably time to, to come home. So I wasn't able to get on the flight that day, but I was first thing the next morning, flew back home to, to Austin, drove to Abilene the next day, and he passed away about 24 hours later. So, you know, it's been a, a rough year, mainly because of that. And then I've, I've missed a few other tournaments because of um you know, bad allergies and, you know, where, where the pollen was really high, um, certain places that we've gone. Uh, and maybe places where I haven't really struggled in the past, but it just happened to this year. Actually, I had to withdraw from the tournament this past week. I'm at the ally. I played the two weeks before, had no issues in, um, Snoqualmie up in the Seattle area. And then the next week, um, at the Dick Sporting Goods open, uh, the ragweed pollen was high, tree pollen was up, and <clears throat> I was, I was struggling, but I, I pushed through. But then this past week it got even worse and um I was doing my warm up on Friday morning in the gym at the hotel before going to the course, which was a few minutes away, and I couldn't even finish my warm up. So I got really dizzy and I was lightheaded. I had to go back up to the room and lay down, got up a couple more times to move around and, and, and see if the dizziness was gonna go away. And it, it didn't. And so and it was only supposed to get worse over the next couple of days as far as the the pollen levels. And so I decided it was probably best to go ahead and let somebody else have my spot. But, um, yeah, I missed a few turn. I I missed the, um, the Regis tradition, um, which was very disappointing. You know, my game was in pretty good shape at the time. I had taken the week off for to get ready for that one, but it seems like everything was high at that time of the year in the spring in Birmingham, Alabama. And I got worse and worse every day by, um, you know, Thursday morning. I just I couldn't hardly stay upright, so I missed um, that one as well. So yeah, it's been a pretty tough year, and yeah, I've, I've, my game is, is pretty good. I Like, you no, know, we talked about it. I've shot some low scores and uh, played some other really good rounds where I just didn't quite get the score. But um, overall, it's been uh, pretty frustrating. Um, but you know, there's still tournaments um, coming up, so hopefully I'll be able to play well and you know make it all the way to the Schwab Cup finals and Phoenix at the end.
0: Bob, one more before I let you go. And obviously the big topic around the game of golf right now is live golf. I want to get your thoughts. How do you feel about what you're seeing?
1: Well, just like, you know, you've had other guests talk about, you know, it's, it's very divisive and it's changing every day and every week. It seems like, um, I did listen to, um, your interview with Ron Cross because I just wanted to hear what he had to say. About the whole situation, and yeah, it is disappointing to to see um a lot of players leave the p g a tour and go to to live when you no know, I would rather see them play on the p g a tour and and see how they progress and um we'll have to wait and see how things play out as far as um uh, you know the official world golf rankings um the the major championships. Will these players be strictly playing for money, you know, for the rest of their careers or will they somehow, some way still be able to qualify and play in major championships? Um, when Ron was talking about the, the team aspect and franchises, I didn't quite follow exactly what all he was saying there. You might have a better understanding of that than I do, but I'm still not sure that that team aspect each week interests people as much as individual performances. Um, so, again, we'll just kind of have to wait and see how um this all plays out. Um I've got a feeling that a lot of the players were maybe somewhat misled and that they were probably going to still be able to have their cake and eat it too. Uh Maybe play to live and you know, and, and still play tournaments on PGA Tour and the DP World Tour and still be able to play and qualify for the majors. Um, I, I guess, yeah, well, I'm like most everybody else. I'm just kind of watching to, to see what happens. And because of that, um, court date not taking place, if I understand all that correctly, until January of 2024, Uh, I guess we're going to have to wait uh, quite a while to see what happens regarding all that.
0: Bob, I want to get a playing lesson from you before I let you go. And you're one of the best putters out on tour. You're averaging 1.589 putts per hole, which is good for fifth on the Champions Tour, and 28.6 putts per round, which is fourth on tour. What's your key to being such a great putter?
1: Well one thing that I had to, to change at some point to to be a more consistent putter was I had to, to go left hand low. Um I'm not perfectly symmetrical and when I had Dave Pelz take a look at me many, many years ago, uh he said you're you're built to put left hand low and I know he's a you know, pretty big proponent of that as well, or at least whatever allows you to, you know, make a, a straighter back and straighter through his stroke. Um but I had to go left hand low to improve my mechanics. You know, I've always had good cut, good speed control, and you know, that also comes from hours and hours of practice, especially as we go from course to course and different kinds of grasses and things like that. But in particular, I had to to get more consistent as far as getting the ball started on my line. So so I use a kind of a a reverse, well, I guess it's an overlap, left-hand low, and that allows me to get my shoulders um, aligned more properly and I guess my forearms as well. But, yeah, I had to to get more consistent at at getting the ball started online to become a better putter.
0: Bob, before I let you go, remind our listeners, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're out there achieving, whether it's online or it's on social media?
1: Well, um, yeah, obviously, what, what's interesting is you say that. I know you're talking more about social media, but um what a lot of people don't realize is that every tournament rounds or every round that we play on the Champions Tour is televised, you know, either by the Golf Channel. And it's not always live. Sometimes it's tape delayed. But uh network television for a lot of the majors, we're, we're kind of beyond that now for 2022. But, um, yeah, I, I'm surprised that so many people don't realize that every round that we play is televised. You know, it, it, it you know, you know, that particular day, maybe not live, but it, it might be, um, taped and shown later that evening. But, um, as far as social media, um, uh, I'm not on Instagram as much as I'm on Twitter, but Instagram, Bob A. Estes and then Bob S. PGA or S. PGA on Twitter.
0: Well, Bob, I can't thank you enough for coming back and being a part of the show again tonight. I'm rooting hard for you as you guys make the run for the Charles Schwab Cup. I'm looking forward to watching you in the finals. In between now and then, stay safe, my friend. All the best to you and your family. I hope we get the privilege of having you back on the show again real soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Take care, Bob. That is the great Bob Estes, and I can't thank Bob enough for being generous with his time tonight, coming back and being a part of the show. Tonight was. The fifth time I've had the privilege of having Bob here. I'm rooting very hard for him as he makes the run towards the Charles Schwab Cup. Hopefully, we see him in the finals here in a few weeks. And just a a great guy. And there's no question that he is going to be in the state of Texas Golf Hall of Fame at some point. He had a great college career. Fantastic out on the PGA Tour. Knocking it out of the park on the Champions Tour. There's no question he belongs in that Hall of Fame. And I'm sure we're going to see him in there real soon.